Welcome to the Marietta First United Methodist Church Podcast. Marietta First is a community of disciples dedicated to living and serving faithfully our local community of Marietta, Georgia, and around the world. We are glad you're here. It is our prayer that this podcast offers you hope and grace on your own journey of faith. Please remain standing for the reading of our gospel lesson this morning. I will be reading from the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 13, and I will be reading beginning with verse 24. Here are these words. But in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branches becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly I tell you, This generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come in the evening or at midnight or at cock crow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The word of God for the people of God. You may be seated. So here we are in our first Sunday of Advent, and I have to admit that I've been thinking about Advent for a while now. Truth be told, I've been listening to Christmas carols since July. (laughs) I don't know if you have, but I have. I wanted to hear something hopeful, something joyful, something that brought peace to my soul. I've not looked forward to Advent like this in a long, long time. I have looked forward to this time. Maybe you have found yourself thinking the same thing. Usually when the stores start to fill up with Christmas stuff, you know, whether it's a a poinsettia or an Advent wreath or Christmas lights, when I start to see these things, sometimes it's in September and October, I start to get a little anxious because I know that soon I'm going to have to do all the planning, there's all the stuff ahead of me, and I'm going to have to do this, and it starts to, my blood pressure starts to raise. Well, this year, when I walked into Publix and I saw those wreaths and I saw the poinsettias and the lights and I saw that big display of all those baking goods, my response was, oh, thank God, it's finally come. (laughs) The season of hopeful preparation and anticipation. Oh, how we need Christmas this year. Our series through Advent is Wishlist. 
as we consider what to put on our Christmas wish list. What's on your Christmas wish list? It might look different than it did last year. Over the years, one of the standard gifts that I've always added to my wish list has been that of a watch. I love watches, and I'm a, a big fan of them, but the one I'm wearing right now, I really like, and I've had it for a while. It's a, it's a smart watch, and it is really smart. It tells the time, that's for sure, but if I turn it on, I can also see that it checks my blood pressure, right, my heart rate, and it tells me about, there it goes, then it tells me how many steps that I've taken because i got to make sure that I keep my exercise up. And then it's got a little symbol here so that when my heart, right, I start to get a little anxious, it starts to raise a little bit, it'll say, breathe, <laughs> breathe. So I like that. I can also check my emails, my texts. I can call on it. I can listen to my music. And now when I come near my laptop, it automatically unlocks it. This is really a wonderful smart watch. Maybe you have one just like it. But you know, I don't know that it has everything. I wonder if it would have something, I think it would be important to have, something that warns us of danger. Wouldn't that be good if we had our watch on and it would tell us when we were heading into danger, 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 beware. And so maybe the watch would vibrate really loud or maybe it would make an alarm sound so that we would know that we were in danger. This warning sound, this danger sound, is what we read this morning in our lesson from the Gospel of Mark. We know it's the beginning of Advent when we hear these words of warning to keep awake, stay awake, pay attention, because you might be in danger. It's a funny way to begin Advent, don't you think? Here in Mark's Gospel, it's the only time during this entire season that we will actually hear from Jesus. All the other texts in Advent will come about the foretelling of the Messiah, preparing for the Messiah, the foretelling of Jesus' birth, and of course, the birth itself. But today we hear from the Lord himself, and the words that we hear are not plum fairies and gumdrops. They're not jingle bells or deck the halls with boughs of holly. No, the words that we hear today from Jesus are of a cataclysmic and apocalyptic event. Words about the darkening of the sun and the moon, no shining stars as they are falling from the sky. The heavens are shaking and the Son of Man is coming in on the clouds. Life-changing, word-shaking events. When, we, when will we see these things? That's what we all want to know. When will this happen? We don't know. We don't know the day or the hour. Only the Father, God the Father knows when these things will happen. But whatever you do, says Jesus, whatever you do, beware, keep alert, stay awake, be on the watch, because redemption is at hand. It's funny how these words that we hear about end times are how we begin Advent. So we're actually hearing about the ending before we actually get to the beginning. And so we start with the end in mind. That's a good way to begin Advent, I think. But they are words of warning. They are dangerous words. Words that are urging us to stay awake, lest we find ourselves falling asleep. Jesus is warning his disciples that there is going to come a time when they will not be worshiping at the temple, that it will be destroyed, and that there will be wars and rumors of wars, and the entire creation will be bursting as if with birth pangs, aching 
and groaning and birthing a new creation. Whatever you do, Jesus says, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. Don't fall asleep. Stay awake. Have you ever had to stay awake before? Maybe it's to stay up late to watch the ending of a movie that you spent all this time watching and you just had to see the end of it. Or maybe it was the last few minutes of a football game or of a baseball game. Or maybe it was to get up at night with a baby, a baby that was crying, or a sick child. Many people, we've had to get up in the middle of the night to care for a sick child. Or even a teenager, waiting for a teenager to come home. Waiting for them to call, waiting for them to text. Staying awake can be really, really hard. I found myself staying awake in the middle of the night. A number of years ago, when I was a seminary student, I signed up for some extra credit. And I joined other seminary students, and we were out going out to count the homeless in Atlanta. I didn't really know what this involved. I just knew that I was going to need to stay up all night. So I found myself in a car with two people that I didn't know, and they were not seminarians. There was the driver. He was a young guy, fairly laid back, neatly dressed, didn't say a whole lot. And then there was another person in the car. And this was a woman, a very outspoken woman, I might add, who reeked of cigarettes and had rugged lines around her eyes and her mouth. She was a large woman, and it looked through her body language that she had had a tough life because she had an attitude written all over her. The tone in her voice was raw. Her words and her facial expressions revealed that she had had a tough life. And then there was me a seminary student from the suburbs just trying to get some extra credit. It was a cold January night, and we were in this guy's car counting the homeless. Every year, the city counts the homeless, both the sheltered and the unsheltered. And this provides statistical information so that funding can be available. Government funding can be available, but they've got to provide the statistics. So what happens is you're given a map, each carload of people are given a map, and we have a map of all the streets that we have to drive through and around, and then as we're doing so throughout the night, we start to count. Those that we can see visibly, maybe they're sleeping on benches, they're sleeping against a wall, or maybe they're hiding in the shadows. Of course, the reason you count at night is because it gives you a more accurate count. The shelters have been closed for the night, and anybody that's on the street is more than likely homeless. So the counting took place between 12 a.m. and 6 a.m. And we had to stay awake in order to do this. So we drank lots of coffee and we had various caffeinated beverages. And when you're in the car with someone for six straight hours, you get to know them pretty well. <laughs> and there was this woman in the car, this outspoken woman, and she did not stop talking. We learned a lot about her. We learned that she was an ex-drug addict, a former prostitute, newly sober for about three months. Now, I'll be honest, the more that she began to share of her story, the more concerned I became because it began to dawn on me in my naivete that I was driving around the back streets of Atlanta in the early hours of the morning with strangers, people I didn't know. I didn't know where they came from. I didn't know what their background checks read. I didn't know anything. 
All I knew was what they were sharing with me. And what this woman was sharing wasn't what I had in mind. I became particularly concerned when this woman asked to stop at a little liquor store that was hidden in a deserted neighborhood. All I could think of was, what's happening here? She asked if she could stop, and my response would have been, no, we are not going to stop here. This is crazy. Of course, the driver said it was absolutely fine. And so I was thinking we would be hijacked. I was thinking that we would be robbed. I was thinking that we would be murdered. But she said, of course, you know where my mind went. She, all she wanted was to pick up a pack of smokes. And so, asked if we minded. The driver said no. She got out and she went into the store. And there we sat in the parking lot waiting for her to come out. I looked at my watch. It was 3 a.m. And all I could think of was that no good can happen at 3 o'clock in the morning in a vacant lot of a liquor store in downtown Atlanta. I was wide awake, watching and waiting and expecting danger at any moment. Coming into my mind were all those expectations of violence that comes when we stereotype. Much to my relief, the woman came out of the store. She was alone. She had her purchase in hand. She got into the car. She thanked the driver, but she didn't miss a beat because she kept on talking. And she talked and talked and shared more of her story, how she got clean and sober, how she ended her career on the streets. And the entire time this woman was talking, the driver and I, we didn't say a word. What do you say? How do you respond to this? She said that she had lived that life for so long that she didn't even remember not living that life. And then she said that the night that we were driving around there counting the homeless was the first time that she had been out at night that she could remember. It was the first time that she could remember. She had forgotten how bright the stars are in the night sky and how good it felt to be out at night just clean and sober. You could hear the regret in her voice as she was sharing this. And then something she said surprised me. She said, thank you. Thank you to the driver for letting her drive around with him and thanking me for allowing me to have her in the car with us. And then she thanked God that she was alive and she gave all the credit to God for everything that was happening in her life. Here I was being all judgy and now this woman was saying thank you to me. Thank you to the driver. Thank you to God. And I was immediately filled with remorse and embarrassment for thanking, thinking the worst. I mean, I may have been physically awake, but clearly I was fast asleep. I was asleep about my own prejudices, my own judgments, and the lens with which I looked out at the world. All I cared about was extra credit. And this woman was talking about redemption. I was so caught up in me and my own fears, while all she was caught up was in the saving grace of God. Stay awake, Jesus says. Be alert. Pay attention. Or you might find yourself in danger. Danger of being afraid, of being judgmental. Danger of being complacent, danger 
of being so self-serving that you can't see the needs of others or hear their stories right in front of you? This woman showed me Jesus and I didn't even know it. We never know where we might encounter the living Christ in the here and the now. And sometimes I think that we are our own worst enemy. The call to stay awake will not be the last time that Jesus warns his disciples. In the very next chapter in Mark's gospel, in chapter 14, Jesus will be in the Garden of Gethsemane. Only it won't be Advent. It'll be Holy Week. And Jesus will say to Peter and James and John, sit here while I go and pray. I am deeply grieved even to the point of death. Jesus will go and he will throw himself onto the ground and he will pray to the Father and he will plead with the Father to take this cup from me. Not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus puts himself into the hands of the Father and when he's done praying, he goes out and he sees his disciples and he asks them, are you asleep? Could you not stay awake for one hour? One hour. He does this three times and three times his disciples fall asleep. Finally, Jesus says, enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man has been betrayed into the hands of sinners, and in walks Judas Iscariot. Staying awake means watching and waiting. It means expecting the unexpected. It means looking for Jesus even when it appears that danger looms. Looking for Jesus in unsuspecting faces. It means staying awake spiritually. Be attuned to the things of God. Pray read scripture, attend worship, whether it's in person or whether it's online. Don't be complacent. Don't fall asleep. Because the one who will be born in a manger this Christmas will one day come again. And he'll be riding on the clouds. Only when he comes, he won't be in the form of a baby. But as the one who stands at the throne of judgment and asks, Have you been sleeping? Or have you stayed awake? Have you built my kingdom or have you destroyed it? Have you loved my people or judged them? Stay awake because Jesus will be redeeming the world and this will not be something that you will want to miss. So maybe instead on my wish list, I don't know about yours this Christmas, maybe it's not a watch that I need to be concerned about. But maybe it's to look and to watch the sky and to watch the people in my midst and to get ready for the kingdom of God is at hand. Whether we like it or not, Jesus is on the way. Thanks be to God for God's holy word. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Marietta First United Methodist Church podcast. For more information about Marietta First United Methodist Church, we invite you to connect with us online at mariettafumc.org or on Facebook at Marietta FUMC.